0: a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. All right, welcome to mini episode number Don't something point put five. Yeah. These mini episodes have, have been popping up here and there, but nolan it's our first one in a long time
1: it is it is um since i I think it's only our second one right
0: it's our second one yeah
1: father sean and i have dominated the mini episodes for better for worse so this is a new opportunity
0: i have a confession to make okay the last the last mini episode it had nothing to do with the content but i fell asleep on the plane while listening to it i'm gonna take that as a compliment I'm going to say I, that it, our
1: voices just soothed you, and you it, needed your rest, and we aided in that.
0: Exactly. And then I went to go listen to our latest episode on the plane today, and also fell asleep. The latest episode was hilarious, actually. And, and I'm I'm kind of upset that I didn't get to listen to it. So I don't know if that means that I'm just having early flights or I'm not getting much sleep, or... Maybe both. The podcast is just
1: boring I mean it could be I, I, I mean I've fallen asleep in during podcasts before so but then again I usually don't actually listen to podcasts like on a plane not that that would be a bad place to listen to them but I, I usually listen in the car and I'm driving therefore I can't fall asleep
0: yeah and you you probably have less planes than I do so yeah exactly I average about one a week. You're all about that plane
1: life. I'm all no. I'm all about the bus life. Ah, uh, every once in a while, you get a perk of a plane though.
0: No, oh no no no. The plane is the inconvenience, my friend. Oh, so you really the bus is where it's at.
1: Wow, that, this could be a, an episode on its own.
0: That's a whole episode of why a tour bus is better than an airplane.
1: Okay, maybe maybe we bring you and some of your uh, colleagues on the
0: show and. You guys can discuss bus life. Oh, yeah, and that would definitely not gain any interest in any of our listeners. Maybe amongst your circles. Maybe amongst <laughs> my my circle of two and three. <laughs> um, also, I apologize if my voice is a little raspy. I lost my voice last night. I'm going to save this for all three of us, but I just came off the DC Talk Cruise. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk to talk about that. And it was a lot of fun, and... There was a dance party last night that was involving yelling and tossing kids up and down. Kids that we knew, but tossing them up and down in circles and kids crowd surfing and all sorts of things, so It sounds like exactly what I expect from you. But it was good, clean family fun.
1: Kid tossing is a is a ancient pastime of the family.
0: <laughs> One really quick story. Two really quick stories. Um when I was in Long Beach as a youth minister, the Steubenville, New York City conference, which is coming up next weekend, which will be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a big group once and we were all the way up top of the arena. And it was the last song. Like You know, they do adoration and then usually like kind of a pump up song. Yeah. I just I just looked at all the kids, probably a group of like 20. And I just said, follow me and they just stared, and I started running. <laughs> so we had all these kids running, yelling, and I had friends that were, quote-unquote, volunteering for um, security, and they were getting radio calls like, stop that group, stop that group. And then we just rushed the stage, and I took the smallest kid, and I just tossed him, and then he crowd-surfed for like solid <laughs> two minutes. See? And then that... For, for, the, for the, that one moment, you, you you took over for me as the youth minister who gets all the kids in trouble. That's right. Oh, man. Oh, you have I could I could definitely share stories. We had this one kid, Fitzy, uh, who there's a guy, Gomer, who's a, a speaker at these things. And he wanted a picture with Gomer. So I picked him up and put him on a speaker. Nice. And then he's like, hey, Gomer, go I want a picture. And then he went to go take a selfie. And the kid backed up and fell in between the stage and the speaker. Ah, uh he was fine it was hysterical Oh, okay as long as
1: as long as you guys were laughing about it
0: oh yeah he's fine anyway um Nolan you had a good idea for a topic yeah for this mini episode
1: so uh, last mini episode um, it's almost like two narratives going here the the mini episodes and the regular episodes but um, last time father Sean and I discussed the dynamic between um, like a, a priest and a youth minister and um, it got me thinking about like, um, vocations because it came up a little bit. And, uh, just recently in our diocese, as you probably know, there was a big, uh, camp which, um, was kind of run by the vocations office and very much inspired by a push for vocations. Although it was a, a camp open to, you know, any high school teens, not necessarily those teens have already like openly decided they're discerning the priesthood or religious life, but boys and girls who, who just want to have a great experience of the faith. And, um, so, uh, vocations has been in my mind and I thought like, um, you know, what can we do as lay people, uh, in the church to help foster vocations and build up vocations?
0: Is everything okay back there? It sounds like my someone s- just felt fell down the flight of stairs.
1: No, my son's knocking on the door.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's not as bad as that kid falling through the cracks. Well, tell him. <laughs> tell him unless he has something to say about locations, or maybe he does. Who knows? He he definitely would not have anything to say about that. <laughs> um, which I when you brought the topic up, it, I thought it was interesting because um, one, I think it's good that we could talk about it, not with Father Sean here because we have a different perspective on the priesthood than he would. He would obviously sort of be a bias, consider that he is a priest. Yes. Not in a negative sense, but um, we kind of have a unique position and, ju- and just kind of our church experiences too. Exactly. Um, so kind of rewind for me quick, which I'm sure father Sean would say um, growing up, we always had priests in the house. That was something that my dad was very adamant about just inviting priests over for dinner and whatever it may be. Um, So I think growing up, I always had a different perspective on priests, meaning they were never like the untouchable, so to speak, where like, Oh, they're this holy person you can't relate to because they're too holy or they just live this life that you just can't relate to. It was always very much like, no, they're people with interests and things like that, and you could have a, just... a regular down-to-earth conversation with them. Exactly, you could talk about movies, music, whatever it is. It doesn't matter for sure. But um, so I think I have a different i different perspective on priests starting when I was a kid, and then obviously having my brother being a priest definitely changes the dynamic that I have and it kind of changes my outlook on vocations too um, so did did you grow up with being close to specific
1: priests or not not really you know I, I would say I'm probably the opposite not that my family was anti-priest by any mean um, we loved our parish priests but um, we were never had a relationship with one where they would, you know, we, we would have a priest over the house that they were more like just these almost like local celebrities to us, you know, they were our parish priests and, you know, we were bummed out when, when one of our favorites was, you know, transferred to a different parish or, you know, always on edge when a new priest was coming or oh, how's this guy going to be, but it was more, um, you know, our, our exposure to the priest was strictly on Sundays and holy days and, um. It wasn't until a, uh, the priest involved with youth ministry at my parish um, you know kind of took it upon himself to um, break through that, um, which of course, you know that wasn't the experience of just my family. It was an experience of a lot of families and um, the priest really tried to um, kind of uh, get close to um, young families in the parish and get to know them. And uh, when that happened and I developed
0: a relationship with him, that changed everything for me. So then when you were the youth minister at that parish or even now in your current job, do you, do you specifically do things that, um, encourage vocations or what, what does that kind of look like for your positions, both past and present?
1: Um, well, I think without like getting like super theological from the beginning, like I feel that, um, Every like, every like youth minister or religious education program or um, campus minister or um, any ministry in the church um, that reaches out to young people and their families really needs to um, begin with that teaching of the universal call to holiness that we all have. And so, I want to say (laughs) that I tried my best to to keep that in mind to not necessarily talk about specifically vocations to the priesthood um but to always like in everything we do and everything that um we're we're about it's at the core of it is is holiness it's about making young people holy helping young people to discern that they're called to holiness and to recognize that and to um to approach that and to, to, not shy away from that, to live their lives with that goal of holiness in mind. And, um, once you do that and that's established, I think you can do more specifically things that are, you know, vocations
0: based, so to speak. So you're saying the foundation is the idea of holiness. So, okay. And I, I would agree with that too. Um, and to, to kind of add to that, which is involved in the definition of holiness, too, I would say it's holiness, meaning establishing a prayer life, establishing a relationship with Christ. Um, but then it's also, I think the next level, so to speak, is the kind of the understanding of the Eucharist, the belief and faith in that. Mm-hmm. And then just like the the love for it, and that you want the Eucharist to for whoever you're forming. It could be someone in their 30s. It could be a mother a father. It doesn't matter. But you want a family to fall in love with it, that it becomes something that they, they desire, they need, they seek. Um, and then I, I think once – I don't know. I think for me, once that becomes established, it's sort of then the next thing for maybe the next possible – Uh, destination to talk about is like the without a priest we don't have the sacraments oh it's kind of like totally and once someone falls in love with the sacraments maybe specifically the eucharist or confession or whatever it is um, then the idea of importance of a priest sort of becomes a little more thought out i guess you could say or
1: yeah well like the way i kind of put the puzzle pieces together is like the universal call to holiness tells us that we're destined to be saints like that's our goal our mission in life um on this earthly life is to have eternal life is is to go through this life and then and then live forever in peace um in heaven and holiness Um, helps us to achieve that. And all those things you said, a prayer life, um, for sure, the sacraments, our relationship with God, um, those things guide us and lead us to heaven. And so when somebody's really in tune and when somebody falls in love with the sacraments as a means of becoming holy, as a means of growing towards sainthood and salvation, they realize, um, they realize, oh my gosh, this could... This could be something I could share with others. This could be something that I could do to lead other people to holiness. I could share this love I have that has helped me grow by becoming a priest, and I think um, that's that's why I said that that was the like the foundation for it.
0: I see a little guy running in. That was you just dropped a bomb, and then he came running in because he he heard how great it was.
1: He did. He just gave me a, a coin. <laughs> a Batman coin.
0: Not just any coin, a Batman, Batman coin. coin.
1: Right. All right, see you later, bud. <laughs> Sean's already going to hate this episode.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, he's We're talking about priesthood and there's kids running around. He's um something that I so, a uh, part of my, I guess, whatever it would be called, it, my involvement in our diocese was kind of trying to put on events, including concerts or conferences or whatever it was. Uh, and something I always tried to emphasize was just having people present or um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Having priests, sisters, brothers. Mm just present in the environment whatever it is i mean in the classroom to have if you're fortunate enough to go to a school where there's it's run by sisters or brothers or if your school where it's attached to a parish and you have a priest um i just think their involvement in things is huge for that encouragement of vocation yeah, outs- um, outside
1: of the liturgy
0: exactly so for example we did a conference that we called Fools for Christ. Mm -hmm. And it was speakers and musicians and adoration and mass and all that kind of fun stuff. And the second year we did it, uh, there was the Sisters of Life, the CFRs, the Marianist Brothers, Priests. It was just kind of all present together. So the Marianists ran Jeopardy and the Sisters of Life and the CFRs played Ultimate Frisbee. And they each kind of had a little information booth but it wasn't necessarily the motivation for them to pitch their vocation, so to speak. Right. Um, but it was just kind of this joyful example that they're living out their faith and they're striving for holiness. Uh, but at the same time, they're, again, back to that idea of they're, they're sinners just like me and you. And they recognize that. Uh, but they could rock out at a rap concert or a rock concert, whoever it is, sure. and enjoy it. Um, and I, I just think it, whatever we're involved in, if it's youth ministry or being a teacher uh, or whatever it is, I think it's huge to just kind of point out those examples. Uh, I mean, going to Shamanad and I kind of had the the Mariness Brothers – as a big part of my faith life and just kind of knowing the great work that they do, uh, just kind of important to, for people to recognize that. And again, knowing the sisters of life and what they do and all, all the different, uh, types of religious life, um, kind of not necessarily being a youth minister anymore. Uh, but still being able to, kind of have those people and encourage others to maybe even get to know those type of people um, so for example I have friends here in Nashville uh, they're very involved with serving the homeless and um, they're not Catholic they, they go to different churches in Nashville uh, but I re- highly encourage them to kind of get to know who the CFRs are just kind of knowing their background yes. and even having the, the movie outcast that grassroots just put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, watch that movie and that will just be awesome for you to witness their
1: witness. So oh, to speak. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. You can't help but be, be moved by those guys. And it's kind of funny because, you know, all the different orders have different charisms that different people at different stages and places in their lives could, could latch onto. Um, but, uh, it is that, that presence that's, that's super important. And what I wanted to say before, um, we did, as I said, have that, that Quo Vodis summer camp, um, at the seminary. And, um, what's cool as, as you were talking about, you know, ha- about like encountering p- people from, um, you know, religious orders or priests in, um, not in, in different circumstances other than the liturgy is, uh, at this camp they invited the sisters of Life to be there but they invited them to be there during like messy games like they were having like a whole bunch of like relay races like in the mud and stuff like that and that's when they asked the sisters to be there and some of the sisters participated in it and like enjoyed it with them and and like they got to see like a different side of like these holy figures and habits that they kind of like dreamed them up to be and one of my students who attended the, the camp um, said she was just like her favorite part of the camp was just being around the sisters and the priests and the seminarian um, throughout the week and just kind of getting a chance to to, to just uh, communicate with them and associate with them and um, and recognize how holy they are but also how down to earth and, and normal they are too
0: so as as a lay person maybe take the youth minister cap off mm-hmm. as a lay person say you're, you work for, I don't know, Winthrop Hospital, how can you encourage vocations working for Winthrop Hospital or wherever you are? Well, I can, if, I'll get to that, I'll definitely, I
1: do want to say this, though, I, I think anything that I say about, like, wherever we're at, like, I think the best place it starts, and you said it yourself in, in sharing the story about your dad making, um, you know, relationships with your local priests a priority it starts in the family like it it really does like that's the best place where vocations are going to be fostered like in the home um and that 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 gift that your dad gave to you guys i'm trying to my wife and i are trying to do for my boys too by you know inviting people like father sean over every once in a while and um you know, making them a part of their lives and making mass, not just about, you know, going to mass, but, you know, saying hello to the priest after mass and, um, getting to know them and getting to know them by name. But, um, you know, for instance, like you say, uh, you know, if you work in, in Winthrop hospital, um, I think seeing your own vocation in life as part of the universal call to holiness and as part of your mission will help foster vocations not necessarily directly but but indirectly for sure you know if that nurse who works at winthrop hospital or surgeon or doctor thinks about what they do and what what they, the gifts that they've been given to do those jobs as and the people um, that they serve uh, the patients as being placed there by God in front of them um, if they that's all connected for them um, and and they share that openly Um, and are not afraid uh, to to share that, then I think that's going to trigger in other people's minds, like, you know, my life can have that kind of purpose too, no matter what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of, like, connections that need to be made because God does not call every single person to be a a priest. Clearly, um, most people are not. Um, But he does call everybody to something. He does call everybody uh, to live a life... um, that points towards heaven and Mm -hmm. certainly in a hospital, somebody could do that. Yeah. And, and and I think especially because, you know, very often in a hospital patients are looking for, um, some deeper meaning, especially if they're dealing with some, some suffering and some hurt and some sacrifice. Um, and that in itself could be a a little mini vocation, uh, a call to, to, uh, sacrifice for a bit. Um, so, you know, that's what i would say is like for for anybody in any position um if you're a catholic and you care about the priesthood and vocations and vocations to religious life i think think about your own life no matter what where you're at as like okay where does god want me to be and um where does he have me now and why does he have me here and and what does all that mean and that's a hard thing to do like you know, I wish I could honestly say that. You know, every day I'm I'm doing what what God's will is, and every day I'm I'm thinking about I'm making decisions based on what I think God wants me to do. And um, but but the more we talk about that, and the more we we do that, um, it's gonna it's gonna be infectious.
0: Yeah. Um. And just kind of too, and, and it did, it's sort of like a simple thing, but as as I was thinking about it. I mean we could just continue to pray for it mm-hmm. you know there are things we could do um i mean especially for you as a youth minister that with with kids and like we were talking about before whether it's taking them to that camp that you know that there's going to be a good priest and um just kind of whatever it is different talks that that kind of talk to call the holiness but uh it could just be simply just praying for vocations um but also, too, like, I, I was saying to you before we hit our red record button, uh, just being in a unique position as the brother of a priest. Yeah. Um, Just kind of seeing Father Sean as, I mean, he's my brother, so I know he's just your good old bing bong and growing <laughs> up with him, not, like, necessarily looking at this holy figure and then kind of, like, walking – with him through the whole seminary process um which any priest or seminary will tell you it's tough because there's i mean just all the different circumstances that you may have and uh there's the the process of discernment um but just befriending too if you're in a position where you know some of these guys like befriending a seminarian like hey i know you need prayer i know you need some times you need somewhere to just kind of take your mind off school and studies and just have a normal dinner and conversation or whatever it is uh i think that's huge too that's something that we could all do and that's something Um, that
1: families could do too like
0: yeah with with with
1: little kids like if you want to foster vocations within your own family um not just and when i say foster vocations i certainly don't mean like you know force your kids into thinking they have to grow up priests i just mean put that idea on their hearts um, should God speak to it like at an early age, but like, you know, adopt a seminarian, so to speak, you know, um, get to, get to know the the seminarians, the guys are going to be ordained for your, um, your diocese, uh, you know, in in the coming years. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, invite, invite one of them over to, or a couple of them over for, um, for dinner, have them kind of share their stories about where they're at. Um, and then just uh, just get to know them, and, and let let like your family know that, that, that this is like a normal thing for for guys to think about and to consider, and it's not crazy, and in fact, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. it's pretty darn beautiful.
0: And also, kind of in your position, uh, if you're working with kids and any thing or any any person for that matter, I think it doesn't matter if they're a kid or not. To know if someone is comfortable enough with you to say, Hey, I've, I've kind of been thinking about like this priesthood thing and I kind of want to learn more about it. And maybe you're just kind of a spiritual friend of theirs that they, they seek for advice. Just kind of know where to go, like right. where, where to answer. Really? You just call father Sean and then you're good. Totally. I, I, then th- I think also the, the work take care its it takes care of itself after that. Easy for you to say. or monsignor mcdonald that's probably your your first bet is to go to monsignor mcdonald and then talk about a straight shooter and then father sean second um and like we were saying too just to reiterate uh just that that relation it's so important to have a relationship with your parish priest um it just helps their priesthood it helps that spreading the idea of vocations and just in keep keeping encouraging them because i mean i know my my brother would never say no to someone asking him to hang out or going to dinner and maybe he would unless he didn't um, like them unless he didn't like them then I'd <laughs> say no. the chances are he doesn't like you so just kidding um no it does but.
1: because you know we forget that like yeah they do have their own families but so much of becoming a priest, at least if you're doing it the right way, is that, you know, the church is your family and the the people of the parish or wherever you're ministering, that's your family. And so it can be very easy for us to just go show up at mass and just go back on, on our, our, our way and like, OK, you know, like now it's time for me and my family to do what we do or whatever and, and get into that rut. Um, but it's a great thing every once in a while to like reach out and say, Hey, you know, father, so-and-so, what are you, what are you doing this afternoon? You know, the, there's a, there's a football game on today. I don't know you come over and watch it or something like that. Um, yeah. um, or even just to, you know, stay an extra 15 minutes after mass to just catch up with, with father and, you know, make plans for, you know, for a future time that you can, you can get together with them because it is their family. And I think, um, I think that's how that's how your family will get to know him, but also, like, um, it'll inspire other people to want to take up that mantle. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think in in conclusion, if you are thinking about uh, a, a vocation or what to whatever it may be, the the best thing that was ever said to me ever was from Monsignor McDonald, where, I mean, if you're if you're Male and single, and have, go to church. He'll ask you about the priesthood, right. which is awesome. I think he should, but kind of with the whole. Well, if you're if you're thing. if
1: you're male and single, it would it can only help to to be open to the priesthood.
0: Oh yeah, that's another thing too. That's that's a whole another conversation. Just that I mean discernment process. I, I know and, I've
1: said this before, but it totally, like when I when I like became open to the idea of the priesthood, it it made everything. It ma- everything made so much more sense and i'm i'm so convinced that it it um led me where i am today
0: yeah which is awesome which is sounds um,
1: crazy because it wasn't the priesthood where i was led but i think it helps help helps to understand that vocation we don't call father father for nothing and i think it it, it relates to the the ministry or the, the vocation to biological fatherhood as well
0: I would like to do an episode with Father Sean of just the whole concept of a priest. Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, I've had conversations with people that may not necessarily go to churches with priests. And they, they say, like, we're there shouldn't be priests. And Father Sean's response to that is really great. So We could do that. Stay tuned. That will be a mini episode. Oh. That will be the first mini episode that you aren't on. There you go. Wow, I've well, already do, been, we'll I've already been kicked off of it. You're kicked off of that one, just because... I guess the parameters uh, are a mini-episode has to only include two of us. Exa- exactly. <laughs> so, Or that could be full episode. Why not? It could. But I will close with this, unless you have any closing thoughts. No. You go for it. Monsignor McDonald once said to me... "This was First of all, I mean, he... We should just what he said at my brother's first mass, like explains the priesthood to the T, and it was amazing. Um, But prior to that, no, when he knew that I was moving to Nashville to enter into the music industry, he said one day, your brother is gonna die and meet the face of Jesus Christ in heaven, and he's gonna ask him, Sean, what did you do to me, and your brother. What did you do for me? And your brother could look him in the eyes and say, Father, I gave my life to you as a priest. And then one day, Justin, when you die and go to heaven, you'll meet the face of Jesus Christ. And he'll say, Justin, what, what did you do for me? And you'll pause and look at him and say, concerts. <laughs> concerts! Oh, my gosh. Just be a priest! And that's how he ended it. That's fantastic. We should we got to get him on this. Oh man, that sounds like a lot of work, but I, I'll i would be up for it. All right, all right. We'll we'll work on it then. Well, thank you for uh doing this. No, Landry, you you
1: know you, you didn't hadn't said it the whole time. I thought we were gonna go a whole episode without it. No, that'd
0: be stupid. Why that would, would I ever be do that? Preposterous. Um, and then I look forward to you recording with the uh the big 3 sometime this week. Sounds good. All right, to all those listening, thank you. Dominus mysteries. Yes. Bike blah blah blah. Bike the blah blah blah. <laughs> Bob. Bob blah blah. Blah <laughs> <laughs> Bob, blah blah. Bob blah blah blah. Oh
1: man, Joe Monblaga. <laughs> all right, all see right.
0: everyone later. Deuces. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.